Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again for another exciting podcast. I know Lisa is rolling her eyes because I say that every time, but this is another really exciting podcast. I'm I'm excited to be able to share uh, this family and this resource with our families. So we are welcoming this week Mel Hache from uh, the Strong Family Path. Jill and Mel, her husband, Hi. Hi, Mel. Thank you so <laughs> Thanks much. Thanks for having me. This. Yeah, I'm excited yes. to be here. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, Joe and Mel have been married for 16 years and are raising three boys, ages 5, 11, and 13. Joe was a teacher turned entrepreneur who realized he was spending more time on his work than on his family life. Mel was a social worker t- turned stay-at-home mom, and in 2020, they, they decided to move 2,000 miles from home to a place better aligned with their family values in order to refocus on the most important organization in their lives, family. Wow, that, that's uh, that's impressive, 2,000-mile voyage. So <laughs> we have Mel here today, where she's going to be talking about uh, how her and Joe created the Strong Family Path and how they teach the seven elements of the Strong Family Path. We would love to be able to go through all seven, but we're just going to pick a couple of our top ones that Mel really loves, and uh, we're going to dive into those ones today. But welcome, Mel. Thank you so much. That was a big, long blurb, but thank you so much for joining us. So appreciate you taking the time. Before we jump in, is there anything else you'd like to add? Or or how about we start with the seven elements in general, and you can kind of give us a brief overview before we jump into to the nitty gritty of a couple of them. Yeah, of course. I think it's helpful to give a little bit of a background. So my husband and I didn't come to this point on purpose necessarily. We started to implement some different things with our family that others that would visit us would get excited about. And they're like, these are things that could be useful to other families. Why don't you start a podcast or any something like that? And I thought that was just strange and crazy. And I don't talk to people over video. Like that's not something I'm used to. (laughs) We do now. All the time, right? (laughs) And now I see the value of it, of course. So we started out a while back, we had created our core values, but when 2020 hit, our company was shut down. Uh, we just recognized that we were, where we were living wasn't aligned with our values. And my husband and I would take walks every day to just stay connected. And he mentioned to me one day, what if, what's our lifeboat plan? What if we can't reopen? What are we going to do? You know, what if we moved somewhere more aligned with our values? And I just thought that was crazy and bizarre. And this is where I'm used to. This is my comfort zone. My family is here. But as I allowed like the dust to settle, I noticed how much opportunity there was in that idea. And literally the next morning, we printed a list of the 50 states and started crossing off like where we could see ourselves, where we couldn't see ourselves, where is it sunnier than we were than where we are now. <laughs> Amazing. Nice. I'd love to one. do that. <laughs> it's, it's really true. And, and we were, of course, fortunate enough where my husband could try to 
manage his company from a distance. That was a challenge on its mm -hmm. own, but it was it was a worthy endeavor to, to make this move. And since moving here, we have implemented other aspects in our family living that we then kind of codified into this a strong family path with the seven different elements. So that's kind of how I got to where we are now. And we're just community building at this point. We want to get the word out, help families be stronger. And some people might think, well, what do you mean by that? And yes, we're into physical fitness. We think it's important to work out together and be healthy, but it's really about having a strong bond and know what you mm -hmm. stand for and who you are as a family. Yeah. And I love your story because sometimes things just come to us when we least expect it. And we, we, notice what path we're supposed to be taking in life mm -hmm. and it might be completely different than the path we thought we were supposed to take <laughs> that's for sure and that's happened to us on several occasions you know when I was growing up I assumed I would get married have a job work till I retire like that was just the path that I assumed would happen and that was very untrue for us. I mean, both of us are not doing what we went to school to do. You know, we ended up yep. owning businesses. Now we have, now we're podcasting. And I think mm -hmm. that whole, that exciting journey really allows you to see that there is more than just the assumed role or path you think that life's going to take. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Do you want to go over those seven elements with us? And then we can go through a little bit more in detail a couple of them Sounds that we great. discussed previously. So I will just list them off. So the first is core values, which I think we're going to dive into. Yep. So I'm just going to let mm -hmm. that slide. Uh, we also <laughs> have family goal setting. We have a morning routine. We have family dinners, family meetings. We also see each other as as a family unit, but also focus on all the different relationships within that family unit. That's what we call like the relationships within the, within the family piece. And finally, the evening debrief. Yeah. So those are the seven pieces that we've come up with. I mean, we would love to go through all of them. Maybe another time we can. But for today, for the sake of time, we have, you know, talked about the ones that we wanted to dive in a little deeper. And I really do feel like our audience is going to get a lot out of this, these topics. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So do you want to touch on the first of the two elements that we were going to go into today, which was yes. the core family values. That really is the starting point and the foundation for everything that follows. I think every family wants to be a great family, but not every family defines what that means. So mm -hmm. like, if you're like, yeah, we're a great family, we're close, we spend time together and all those things are valuable and wonderful. But when you add intentionality to that, it can just be so much, so much better. So core values, and I'll explain how we came up with ours, but we have six core values and we recommend uh, picking in between three and seven because what's memorable is portable. No one's going to remember 20 values. <laughs> like yeah. it's, you know, even if you just have three, like that's great because you want yourself and your children to be able to remember them when they go out into the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be, it would be harder to achieve if you had 20 That's values, right? 
Exactly. And what we did is Joe, my husband, Joe takes a lot of these ideas from business. So he would, when he was first starting out as a company owner, he would go to lots of businesses locally and interview their president or whoever would speak to him. And he noticed that those companies that have set core values and actually live by them, actually use them as a filter for decision-making, just do better. So we one day just thought, hey, what if we apply this to family life? And we individually wrote down everything that we find is a value to us. And this took us a couple of weeks. It wasn't just like, hey, sit down for five minutes and figure it out. It was like live yes, life for a few weeks <laughs> um, <laughs> with this idea in mind. So, okay, do you do you value a love of reading? Do you value a spirituality? Do you value cooking? Like it could be anything. And we made this exhaustive list. And then we sat down together. I think we were actually driving somewhere for like six hours. So we're like, hey, look, this is a great time Good to time. have this discussion. And we did this um, concept called kill, keep, or combine. So we go through the list and these are all values that we like and enjoy, but they're not all going to be core. So if they were like something fun, but not something that we would like live for and strive for, we would just cross it off. We'd kill it off the list. Oftentimes we had similar things between our lists. So we'd combine them. And then finally the ones that we definitely keep. And we just like talked and talked and talked. Sometimes it might take several sessions until we whittled it down to six. And the fun thing about these core values is that ours are great for our family. They define our family, but everyone can have a unique set of values. Absolutely. So sometimes pe people will jump and say, well, what are they? What are they? And I don't mind sharing them because I think it's helpful to see a list, but you can come up with your own unique list. It just takes some of that, like almost like homework to get there, but it's mm -hmm. really valuable. So like one of ours is uh, be genuine. So we make sure that we go out of our way every day to show gratitude in various ways at dinner, in the morning with each other, gratitude journals. We just start to make choices that line up with our values very, very strategically. So that's how we came up with the core values. And we do a couple different things in our family to make sure that someone might say to me, hey, you have these values. Now what? Right. Yeah. Like, what do we do with it now? It just kind of sits there. So. I love visuals. So yes. I, yeah. Do you like visuals too? Yeah, yes. Super <laughs> so I created a little bookmark and it just simply listed the six values. And at the time, our kids were maybe seven, five, and one, something like that. Okay. And we had that list on the table and I had it in like different rooms because it didn't take up much space. And every night at dinner, we would just go through the list and like talk about one of them or two of them and how it applies to how we live until the kids eventually had them memorized. And this has been several years now, but it was just like deep, great discussion at dinner and something even as simple as, hey, what are you thankful for from the day? That's one of our core values as a family. Mm -hmm. Just having that kind of language with your kids, I think is super helpful. They see us more as like an Absolutely. organized unit. So yeah, and Absolutely. involving them in it as well. So I always like to mention, we had another piece of the path. I, I don't think we were going to get into it too deep, but is our family meetings that we hold once a week. And they're really fun meetings. The kids really enjoy them. But the way we start them is by showing how either I did or how someone else in the family embodied a value that week. So we go on for the whole mm -hmm. week and then everybody sits there at the table for a minute 
and we used to actually draw a picture and then we would all like play Pictionary almost like you would guess what the other person drew so if they like did a big hike that week one of our values is be adventurous so they would draw a picture of themselves doing a hike oh, and then the nice. rest of the family would kind of guess but it's a way for the kids especially and the adults of course to see how we're slowly taking steps and making choices that align with the values not just like hoping for the best but we're actually deciding yeah and it's a great it's a great filter that's amazing great tip Thank I love you. that I love the reflection about it too. The, the, what did we do that was great today or what was something that, you know, made our hearts happy and how were, how did we show kindness? Like, I love that coming back in that reflection so that they have that opportunity to, and even while they're doing that big adventure, they're like, Oh, I'm going to save this for my adventure one. You know, they're thinking about it. It's intentional. They're, they're being mindful of it. I think that aspect of it is fantastic. And I was going to mention too, like, I love, you know, what we teach to our little ones, they become teenagers who are going to be able to express themselves. They're going to be adults who then can be able to express themselves, whether it's in relationships, at work. The work that we do now is just so important in this kind of work where we're meeting and we're having those conversations and we're communicating about our day, our feelings, all of that stuff. And of course, it's not all the time, all day long. However, um, that's what we open the door to. It's it's always open, um, but but we're intentional with these so that as they grow, it's going to be really easy for our kids to be able to communicate and to be able to discuss this with their own partners and so on. I love that aspect of it too. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, one of my perspectives is I'm not raising children. I'm raising mm-hmm. people that will become adults eventually. So I try to always keep that in mind. I want my kids to grow up one day and come up with their own set of values, whether it's individually, like my mother-in-law recently sat down and created her own values. She's a single person living on her own and she's got her set of values that helps her just figure out how to spend her days. So of course I want my kids to grow up and have that and be able to communicate. And even when other kids come over, let's say one of our you know kids friends come over and they have dinner with us we still do our meeting we still do the gratitude and i think it's really great since you know when i was growing up i assumed everybody's household was exactly like mine i didn't realize that people could do things differently and that you could get ideas from other families so i think when those other kids come over i'm hoping that we can pour into them too like it's so you can have your own core values, you know, you can yeah. do these things at the table and uh, we're not pushy about it at all. We just live life our way. And if they happen to be here, they'll experience it too. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's really, it really is. Okay. So let's jump into the evening debrief. This is something that Elisa and I absolutely love. Um, uh, my youngest two are 10 and 11 and we still do this this is something that we incorporate still try to sneak in with my 14 year old if I can in the evening to have a little chat right um but the evening is something we have a podcast snuggle snuggle and talk time even from our little little guys so I love this part and I can't wait to hear like all the benefits that you guys have from it as well I know I love talking about this one too so I have a background in social work and this part of my day occurred to me because of my background. So I'd have a client come in, they'd sit with you for 45 minutes. The last like five minutes of the session is when they would get into the deep stuff. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, you should have brought this up like half an hour ago. We could have really, (laughs) you know, done some problem solving. 
So what I noticed at the end of the day, I know I have a five, 11 and 13 year old. So I put the five-year-old to bed and the evening debrief can almost be part of any age. It's really like bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. As the kids get older, especially when they enter school aged, they're going to start having experiences during the day that you're not a part of. And those experiences might not be discussion topics for dinner. Maybe it was some drama that unfolded on the playground or a kid said something that was mean. And oftentimes at the end of the day, as I know you you know very well, when the kids are comfortable, they've had their bath or their shower, they're all snuggled up. Mm-hmm. That's when they like open up and everything just comes pouring out. Yeah. And they're processing everything that happened during the day. My 11 year old, um, sometimes she'll come home and I can tell she is upset or whatever. And I'll ask her what's going on. I'll talk to you about it later at talk time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. That's you just nailed it on the head because it's creating, it's carving out this time that both Mm -hmm. you and the kid can look forward to and anticipate and expect. So it's not like, well, when am I going to have a chance to talk to mom or dad? They're always so busy. It's like, well, whatever busyness happens, I know that at like 8.30 to 9 o'clock, mom will sit with me and be available to me. And I didn't, I mean, initially I didn't do this intentionally. I would just go say goodnight to them. We'd do a little prayer. We would read a book. And then I just would happen to notice this is the time when they're bringing stuff up. And in my, I always have these like conversations in my head. Like, I just want to go to bed. I'm so done with the day. Like, I don't want to talk to you right now. (laughs) But I recognized that if I put it off or if I said, Hey, let's hang on to this till tomorrow, the moment will pass. They they won't come to me tomorrow. The, you know, you wake up in the morning and there's like, it's kind of almost a non-issue Different at this things. point. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's important to, I, we wanted it to be part of the path because it's like this intentional decision to spend this time with your kids because eventually something big probably will happen and will they come to you if you don't make these deposits and these investments every evening or as many evenings as you can, even in the family meetings, like every week, the kids anticipate it and expect it. And if Mm -hmm. we don't spend the time to intentionally do these things as a family, then where will they go? Where are they going to get their values if we don't set them as a family? I don't really want to leave it to chance. Exactly. That's, yep, that's exactly it. Um, I was also going to throw in there, you know, the, the, what you said about if you you don't take that time, hey, we'll talk about it in the morning, chances are it gets kind of lost, or it's not the time. So uh, my oldest is 18. And that was exactly it. She would come in at 10 o'clock, 1015, when I'm like, trying to go to bed (laughs) and and it's just not that was her time and and it was short-lived because now she's going to university but it was it was the time that she had to be able to debrief get everything off of her shoulders and then she was able to go off into bed and be able to have her evening with all of that kind of off of her shoulders yes it was difficult because of that exact thing right especially when I'm trying to get to sleep but the goal being, like you said, you know, if you can't do it every single night, you know, you're doing it for as many nights as possible and and making sure that you're incorporating that into the bedtime routine and, and the outcome in the long term of it really, really is so beneficial. Exactly. I think a, I think a version of this happens in most families. It's just a matter of will you intentionally recognize this as a time that needs to be fostered? 
mm-hmm. or will you keep just shutting the door because you're too tired or whatever the case may be and recently I, I I need to like expand my definition of the evening debrief because I have three kids the oldest and the youngest head downstairs first their bedrooms are downstairs my middle son about a month ago started to kind of hang out upstairs a little longer mm. and that was my time to like wash dishes listen to a podcast but he would always kind of stick around and hang out and it's become this thing now where he expects to stay up for about 15 oh. minutes with me <laughs> but again I had to like expand my definition I can't be like hey let's yes. wait till later because he doesn't necessarily want to always talk with me and his 13 year old brother like they share a room you know he wants yes. some one-on-one time with just me and yesterday Day, I happened so I go into the school every week on Thursday to help with math because I just like math and um, I'm getting to know all of his <laughs> classmates so now he's like hey mom now knows all these kids now I want to like talk to her and get her opinion about all the kids in my class so we had this really <laughs> fun discussion and again if I was just like hey let's hold off till later I got dishes to wash yeah um, it's just seeing it as an opportunity to get to know him and like if I had said no like I would have missed out on bonding with him in that way yeah Mm -hmm. you might need to shift things around according to what changes are happening in your children's lives and it's a set thing that you do but the timing of it might need to be a bit flexible according to those things for sure yes like our bedtime is fairly consistent but every kid has different needs. Like my 13 year old, I try to pick him up from school so he doesn't have to ride the bus. And that's our time to kind of chat. Usually he's just talking to me about building go-karts and things, which is fine. My, my middle school, my, uh, 11 year old is a bit more emotional so he needs to have that emotional support a bit more so it's like you think you have it figured out like hey this is our evening debrief yeah. from 9 to 9 30 and then all of a sudden I'm like oh no I need to redefine that and uh, have some one-on-one time with this kid a little earlier so mm-hmm. there is obviously patience and flexibility is really important yes mm-hmm. And, and carving out, you know, like you said, that's usually your time in the kitchen where you're doing the dishes and listening to a podcast and that can kind of feel like, okay, this is my time. I need to just, this is, I just need a few minutes and, and that's okay if we need those few minutes. Absolutely. But is that something where we could maybe do something else and come back to that? Or is that something where we do the dishes while we're chatting, but then I still get that 10 or 15 minutes to like do listen to my podcast maybe while I'm vacuuming or something like that right so sometimes I feel like we get stuck in like this is you know this is kind of my time I was hoping to get my decompression time but if we know that we can we can if we're flexible in that we can change that aspect of it or we can move that around a little bit that it is uh, it is on our shoulders to do that a little bit um, it is, but making yeah. sure that we're still getting that time for ourselves. That's the big, that's the long winded way of me saying it's still important to make sure that we're still getting that time for ourselves, but being flexible in that we can kind of maybe have to do this a little bit earlier, a little bit later in that the stuff that we want to do, because those pockets, especially as they get to be 11 and 13 and 14 and 18, those pockets of when they want to talk to you are very small. Um, so mm-hmm. we want to be able to be available when, when, when they're willing for sure. One thing that I think is helpful to think about is like an economic term, opportunity cost. My husband and I talk about these things all the time. So when we were moving, deciding to move, it's like, what's the opportunity cost? What are we getting and what are we giving up? 
Mm. So we're we're gonna get to move to this wonderful place. We have more opportunity, more adventure. There's it's just growing in a lot of ways here compared to where we were. But the cost is we're leaving our family, which is a pretty big cost. And at the end of the day, we decided moving just was what we needed to do. Same thing with these pockets of opportunity with our kids. If I say to my kid, hey, go downstairs and shower, I have to have some me time right now. What am I giving up? Yes, I'm getting that me time, but I'm giving up an opportunity to bond with my son. And then the other thing I have to say is, let's say you're truly, you just can't do it. I think it's okay to be open and humble with your kid. Like right now mm -hmm. I'm really struggling. Like I had a really rough day and I need a couple minutes because I want to hear you and just in the mental space I am in right now I can't hear you can we meet up in 10 minutes and chat yeah so I think it's important to be humble in that way I want them to see that as parents we're not perfect mm -hmm. there's times when I go and apologize I'm like hey last night I did not handle Absolutely. that well <laughs> I'm sorry for that let's let's try again um, so I think it's important to not just shut down but to explain a little bit I don't like saying something like well because I said so like yes. I'm just gonna that's very belittling to to a kid I think so I want to make sure I'm real and say that there are times when you just can't drop everything. And I think it's okay to explain that a little bit, but set a time to connect and hopefully sooner than later. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Great tip. I do love that. Yes. Well, Mel, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate having you here. I would loved how you explained everything. How can our families learn more about you? Where can they find you? How can they connect? Sure. So we keep it real simple. Everything is housed at strongfamilyproject.com. You can link to our podcast there. We also have a free PDF download that lists all the seven steps. So even though we didn't get to talk about them all in depth, you can get them on our website. Awesome. And we will have a link in the bio for the podcast as well. Thanks. Thanks again, Mel. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you. Me too. Thanks Wonderful. so much. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.